0: Hello and welcome to the February 22nd edition of the Fantasyland Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Shorten. Six wins and a loss for me this week. I was so close to getting the perfect week, but yes, I got beat in... Uh, I actually got beat in one of my work leagues, so got beat comprehensively. I think it was 6-2. Uh, just got done with numbers and and was really hit due to the the COVID situation with the Spurs, but hey... Happens to the best of us. I've got some wins because of that as well. Feeling good, feeling positive about my team, feeling as though those were some wins that I really needed to get. But yeah, I I know that getting the win this coming week is going to be vitally important going into the All-Star break and going into that, um, that 14-day window for the one-game week, which is going to be very interesting depending on what your league setup is. I'll, t- I'll talk more about that next week. But on to the waiver Wire Updates podcast. Running through some injuries as per usual, some sell-high guys, buy-low candidates, and obviously the important schedule and the waivers to pick up and people to chuck into the watch list. So the injuries, Mark Smart, so his calf has been kind of reassessed. He's unlikely before the All-Star break. KD, he's day-to-day with hammy injury. Now, I am a little bit concerned about that. I would say that he is going to be rested down the stretch. Brooklyn are looking good. They've got a little bit of firepower, or they've got a lot of firepower, but they're starting to gel really, really nicely. So I think that KD and Kyrie are big rest. People coming down the stretch, going into finals, because shortened season, and I think that they just don't want to risk any injuries. Like This is a massive, massive opportunity for them to to really put a, a... bit of a stamp on the league. So, I reckon that KD is a, yes, he's going to be back in a few days, probably going to be back towards the end of this week, but going down the stretch, yeah, a little bit of an injury risk there. Devontae Graham, he's still out with a sore knee. Again, a little bit concerning, but I mean, if you've got him and you need the push to drop him, maybe that's the one he's obviously really, really bad for a lot of categories and Lamelo Ball is really going to cement himself in that starting lineup. Still on right. He's out with a groin strain. He's going to be evaluated in two weeks, which will be around the all-star break. I think he's going to be back soon after that. Detroit sucked. Detroit have got nobody on their list. They're playing DSJ. Um, so Dennis Smith Jr. for those playing at home. He's their new signing. He played 15 minutes today or yesterday and wasn't very good. So we'll see how that goes. Blake Griffin, he's still being out. Waiting for a trade option there. I think he's a massive, massive bylaw option. Imagine he goes to somewhere like the Lakers. They're going to play him some big minutes and he's going to be pretty potent on the offensive end. So, keep a lookout for him. Have, a, have him on the watch list. And then as soon as you see something on Twitter or on any of the sites, jump and grab him. There's no risk there. Victor Oladipo, foot strain. Again, a little concern here as Houston are in full tank mode, but he should be back soon. AD. So, AD is going to miss the next four weeks. Here's where it gets a little bit interesting. So, LA have already played about 31 games. Four weeks puts him at roughly another 13 games. Obviously, we're in a shortened season this week, so the shortened season this year. So, we've got, what, 72 games in total. So, that only leaves 28 games after that. So, 31 and 13 is obviously 44, 44 being taken away from the 72, only leaves you with 28 games left after that. Realistically, how many of those 28 games is AD going to play? Is he going to play half? Is he going to play slightly more than half? You would think that any back-to-back he's going to sit on. You'd think any four-game week he's going to sit at least one. And I think he's going to cruise the games that he does play. I, I don't think that we're going to see full AD until we get to close to the actual NBA Finals, which will be well after the NBA Fantasy Finals. So if you've got him and you've got an offer there, I would be inclined to take it. I had one of the guys in my league was wanting Bam Adebayo plus an extra piece. Like, I would struggle to just do Bam for AD right now. I, in fact, I wouldn't do it. Um, one of the other guys in the league was saying that he got offered Siakam in and in a piece for AD. I wouldn't even do Siakam one for one for AD. There's a massive, massive risk there. And yeah, there's a risk reward. And if you're in a position where you need to try and get you know, some wins coming into the finals or you, you you think that you're going to come home strong, your team's not really gelling, it's not looking what it's going to look like, maybe you take that risk. I personally would not. If you want blocks, listen on to the end of the podcast. We've got a blocking specialist coming up. But yeah, I wouldn't be overbuying on AD. I'd get him if you can get him at a cheaper price. The other one to be concerned about is Russell. So that's D'Angelo. He's gonna miss four to six weeks of action. I'd get rid of him immediately. If you've got an offer there, take it. I don't care how much you need to, to sell down on. I'd be looking at I'd be looking at maybe not Kobe White level, but I'd be looking at somebody just above that because same situation. Minnesota have played thirty one games. Let's say D'Angelo misses the entire six weeks. Obviously you've got the the all star break in that, so you can take a week off that as it works out with the numbers. So that's about eighteen games, roughly leaves Minnesota with 23 games left in their season. Now, they're not going to be making playoffs, obviously. Minnesota have a top three protected pick as part of the D'Angelo Russell deal. So, they're absolutely incentivized to finish in the bottom two, three, four, to maximize that chance of getting a top three pick. Obviously, if they don't get a top three pick, that then goes to Golden State unprotected next year, and they, they really struggle. So, I think that's how it works. That's my understanding. It does get a little bit confusing with the the protections, but they are going to tank and they're going to tank hard. They're going to be playing Malik Beasley more. You're going to see some more Jalen McDaniels. He's, yeah, I'd be really, really concerned about D'Angelo Russell. I'd be equally concerned about Ricky Rubio and Karl-Anthony Towns. But yeah, just uh, trade him, get rid of him. So the top three sell-high options. Kyle Anderson, he's the number one on the list. Kyle Anderson has been playing really, really, really solid basketball. He started the year playing really well, went into a bit of a dip, and now he's playing some really good basketball again. If you hold on to him the whole time, congratulations. You've got yourself a really good player. If you picked him off the waivers recently and you want to keep him, maybe ride it out. But obviously, they've got Justice Winslow back. They've got Brandon Clark back. JJJ's on his way back. He's still a couple of weeks off, but JJJ is on his way back. You've still got DeAnthony Melton. He's still floating around the rotation there. They need to give all of these guys some minutes. They look, Taylor Jenkins doesn't necessarily love DeAnthony Melton, but they played him pretty nicely in the offseason. So they're going to give him minutes. But over the last 15 days, Kyle Anderson is at 17.6 points, just under a block, just under. Sorry, just under a block, just under two steals a game. So 1.9 steals, 0.9 blocks, 3.6 assists, five rebounds, shooting the ball 57% from the field. Doesn't get much better if you're a Kyle Anderson owner. He's only playing 28 minutes a game. So if you've got him, I'd be trying to package him up. You're not going to get much one-for-one one because they kind of know. But if you can get him and an okay guy for a slightly better guy, hey, I'd be trying to get it. Jamal Murray, he's my next in the sell-high option. So, I suppose Bubble Murray is around right now. Over the last – so, for three season so far, he's been going at 20.6 points, four and a half, four and a half, um, just over a steal. That's about it. But over the last seven days, 34 points per game, seven rebounds, one and a half steals a game. And that is off a very nice shooting, sixty-two percent from the field. Now, Jamal Murray is a good basketballer. Don't get me wrong; he's very good. He has increased his shots over the last, you know, over the last seven days or so. He's gone up to twenty point three per game. But I just don't see it happening. I really, I don't see Jamal Murray averaging thirty odd for the rest of the season. I think that he's going to finish in like your 24 ranges, but I've never been a big Jamal Murray guy. His points are always going to be decent. He turns the ball over quite a lot for a a low assist guard. He's only going to get five assists per game by the end of the year, tops. He doesn't shoot at a great percentage. He is really good from the line, but he's really just a CJ McCollum type player. Really good points, decent percentages, going to get you five assist, going to get you five rebounds. He's going to get you a hell of a lot of threes, no defensive stats, turns the ball over. That's why I see Jamal Murray. If you're coming off the back and you've got him and you're coming off the back of his ridiculous 35, 50, and 30 over the last three games and somebody makes you an offer, I'd probably be looking to sell high on him because he's just not going to stay at that level throughout the entire season. It's just it's not who he is. Kemba Walker, he is my last guy on the sell high column. Kimball Walker, I said it from the start. I've said it all year. Kemba Walker is done. His career is over. He is never going to be the player that he once was. He's never going to be back to an all-star caliber player. He is going to... He's a good player, so he's going to have spurts. He's going to have a week, two weeks where he pulls it all together, and he's going to play some really good basketball during that stretch. But outside of that, he's going to be injured. He's going to shoot the ball poorly. He's going to turn it over. He's just... He's not the athletic player that he once was. The team has turned over to Jalen Brown. The team has turned over to Jason Tatum. Kemba Walker is no longer the guy there. Plus, Marcus Smart is coming back in a couple of weeks. So, the ball's not going to be in Kemba's hands as much. I think they know it as well. I think that they they rely on Kemba to make some big shots to, to get some points, but they know that he's not going to be the one that wins them a championship if they are going to go deep this year, which obviously they won't. Last seven days, 23.3 points, 1.7 steals. He's never been a big stealer, so that's going to drop off. Four assists, four and a half rebounds. He's getting you four threes per game, which is really nice. He's shooting the ball at 51% from the field and 90% from the line. I mean... The 90% from the line, really, really nice. The 51% from the field is about 10% up on where he should actually be. So, again, Kemba Walker is somebody that I would absolutely be trying to to move. If you could package, say, Jamal Murray and Kemba Walker to get somebody like a, I don't know, obviously you're not going to get Dane Lillard for him, but maybe Trey Young. Trey Young, somebody that you could probably get pretty low at the moment. So, I'd be. I'd be looking at that. And on paper, it probably looks a bit silly based on based on the numbers recently. But if you can get that done, I would do it in a heartbeat. And on to the buy low guy. So there's a couple of people here who I absolutely love and I've loved for a long time. And now I'm gonna be targeting them. Delon Wright is number one on my list. As I said to you from the, the start, he is out for a couple of weeks with a groin strain, so he's being reevaluated in two weeks which is a little concerning. That means he could be out for three or four. But if somebody in your league has got him and either they don't have an IR or room in the IR or they're struggling to win games, I'd be offloading them a player who you don't necessarily love but is healthy for DeLon Wright, especially if you can hold him. He He has always shown promise, but he's just never been able to string it together. But this year he has. Over the last seven days, 15 points, rebounds, 4.7 assists and 1.7 steals. We know that whenever he plays minutes and he plays minutes in the 33, 34, 35 range, he's going to be close to two steals and six assists per game, which he's doing that. So, when you see an opportunity like this and if somebody's there and they're a little bit concerned, I'd be buying low on DeLon and hoping that he's back on the the two-week mark. Johnny Collins. So, John Collins... I mean, I love John Collins. I don't like the situation in Atlanta. I don't like how they have brought in so many bigs around him. I think that he is destined to be traded and I think he's going to be traded this year uh, before the end of the season, in fact. I don't know where. I might have to. I might look into that and do a podcast on it and just see what his, his options are there and kind of field that with uh, the Andre Drummonds and the Blake Griffins and see what I think is going to happen. But... 15.7 points in the last seven days. He is a little bit streaky, but 0.7 blocks, 0.7 steals, 0.7 assists. Yuck. Really, really bad. 4.3 rebounds. Yuck. Really, really bad. A three shooting the ball well at the line, which is great. 47% from the field. Yuck. Like it's just all around bad for John Collins. I'm a little bit concerned about his role on the offense now that um, Trey and him had that blow up, and it's obviously Trey's team. John Collins is still a baller. He's still going to play some really good basketball. It's just going to be hot and cold. So I think that he is going to he's going to be somebody that teams look to to target in a trade. And as I said, I don't know where he's going to go, but any situation would probably be better than where he is now. So maybe maybe somebody like um maybe somebody like Detroit go for him, do a bit of a a swap with him and Blake, which is ridiculous. But um Maybe it works expiring contracts and stuff. So, we'll see how we go. But yeah, John Collins is somebody who will bounce back. He will play some good basketball. He will be closer to 18, 19, 20 points per game. He will be closer to a block and a half and eight rebounds. So, I'd be trying to buy low on John Collins if you've got some frustrated owners out there. And then the other one is Buddy Heald. My God. Um, So, I've spoken about him a few times. Buddy Heald is a career 44% shooter from the field. He is currently going at 39% from the field. He's currently going at 30% from the three-point line. This is over the last seven days, but he's, let's see what his 2021 stats are. Oh, yeah, cool. So, they're worse. So, he's at 37% from the field over the over the season. His three-point percentage is slightly better at 37% there as well, but it's just really, really bad. Like, ah. Uh, 2.83s off nine attempts per game in the last seven days, 3.3 rebounds, 2.8 assists, under a steal, 2.3 turnovers if you play that, 14.3 points. I mean, the fact that he's owned in nearly 90% of leagues is ridiculous. Honestly, if if you had Buddy Heald, if you have him, I would hold on to him. I certainly wouldn't trade him because it doesn't get much worse unless you're unless you're absolutely dying in field goal and you need to get rid of him, I'd keep him because, as I said, it's only it's only going to get better. He will get better. I think Luke Walton is only weeks away, if not days away, from being traded, traded being sacked, getting the old Ryan Saunders treatment. And his role will improve. But, yeah, my goodness. Um very very frustrating player to own. I've got him in a few leagues, but yeah, I'd, I'd hold on to him. And if you can target him and you can get a really really buy low option there, I'd be going for him because his numbers are currently waiver worthy in a lot of leagues. But but people obviously like the upside, so yeah, I'd I would if you've got say Kyle Anderson for example, maybe float him for Buddy Hield and see see if that works because I'd much rather have Buddy Hield, but Kyle Anderson looks a hell of a lot better right now. Anyway, on to the schedule. So we've got one team with two games, so that's the Spurs, obviously off the back of a couple of postponed games with COVID, um, and just a bad schedule in general. And then we have one game, sorry, we have one team with five games, so that's Washington. So they're going to be highlighted in the uh, in the waivers here, but other than that, you've got 17 teams with four games. I, I'm not going to read through them. It gets yeah, there's a lot of a lot of players there, sorry, a lot of teams there and yeah, we're not really going to listen to all that, and then the back to backs. I'll post that as well, so check the description out for that. So onto my top five players to stream and own under forty percent. So how I look at this is obviously the forty percent ownerships on ESPN. I play most of mine on ESPN. Apologies if you're a Yahoo Fantrax guy, and then the forty percent is just a, an indication of where where most people are going to be available. So. The other thing I look at is schedule. I look at injuries, I look at opportunities, and I look at hot hands. So, the first one I've got on there is someone with a fantastic schedule, and that is Davis Bertan. So, Bertrand started the season really slowly. He's got five games this week. As I mentioned, he's only in 26.1% of leagues, but he has come back with a vengeance over the last seven days. So, he is going at – we know he's a shooter, and we know he's – not much more than that but he's gone at 16.8 points per game over his last seven five rebounds four point 5 triples shooting out 58% from beyond the arc and i don't know how but he's shooting 54% from the field so he's got a higher percentage of getting it in beyond the arc than he does anywhere else so i'd be looking at davis bertans this week if you've got a couple of waiver spots i'd put him in and leave him in obviously you got five games in seven days. It does not get too much better than that. He's a really, really handy player to own. He doesn't hurt you anywhere. Out of those five days, is he going to have some duds? Absolutely, he's going to have some duds. Is he going to have some games where he potentially goes to 25 or 30? Yeah, yeah, he is. So, he's going to even it out across the board, but he's also somebody you can just kind of set and forget. So, I'd be looking at Davis Bertans this week as my top waiver wire pickup. The second one I've got on there is Shadiq Bay. Who is Shadiq Bey, you might ask? So he's a rookie at Detroit. So he he's owned in 28% of leagues. They've got four games this week. The opportunity is absolutely there for him right now. As I said, they are hit with injuries. blake Sping sat until they find a, a trade option for him. Delon Wright, he's obviously out injured. I've mentioned that a couple of times now. And Shadiq Bey's been playing some really good basketball. Over the 14, sorry, over the last seven days, he's been going at 14 points, 1.3 steals. 3.3 assists, just under five rebounds, three threes per game, hasn't missed from the from the line and going at 47% from the field. Can't ask too much more than that from a rookie, He's playing 34 minutes per game and the minutes are just going to stay there. He has been playing really, really good basketball and Detroit are not very good. So why aren't they going to throw minutes at him and see what he can do? So I love Shadiq Bey riding him this week, having a look at what he can do with some extended minutes. And I mean, the other good thing is that they've got a doubleheader the the second and third days. So if he doesn't play well over that stretch, you can drop him and there's no injuries there. and there's It's not going to hurt you. The second one is another Detroit player. Oh, sorry. The third one is another Detroit player. I've got Joshua Jackson there. I'm not going to go into him too much. He's somebody that I've mentioned a couple of times. They, again, they've got four games. He's been going at 14.7 points. He he does like to throw it up, so he could hurt you. He's been shooting the ball well at the moment, but he could hurt you. 2.7 turnovers, so watch out for that if you've got him. But, yeah, he he's pretty decent as a, as a scorer, rebounder sort of player. So, six rebounds, 14.7 points, four games this week, dual position player. He's going to get the ball in his hands a lot more without the... Blake Griffin's of the world and the DeLon rights of the world. So, yeah, definitely have a look at him. And then the next two I really, 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 really love right now. Derek Jones Jr., he has been... So, he's he's a better player in real life than he's in fantasy. I'll give him that much. But he's been playing really well since he they've got nobody else to, to play the center slot. So, obviously, Enos Cant has been playing some, some decent minutes, but they don't have anybody to back him up. Harry Giles is out injured. Derek Jones Jr., he is the next tallest, I guess. Maybe maybe Robert Covington may become Anthony, but Derek Jones Jr. has been bouncing around the court. He's been, over the last seven days, he's been averaging 11.7 rebounds and a very, very nice 1.8 blocks per game. The blocks alone is a reason that you should roster him this week. We know he's a really good defender. We know he bounces. He can jump over people's heads. He can do a lot and he can light up the the box scores pretty quickly. He just He's just a little bit inconsistent. He'll have games where he does absolutely nothing and then another game where he'll go for two steals and two blocks and 10 rebounds. So I really like him. They start the week, so Portland start the week with a doubleheader, which is really nice. They've only got three games this week though, so watch out for that. But I would be having a look at Derek Jones Jr. to start the week a yeah, nice impact in in blocks blocks is the hardest category to get off the waivers so i mean if you start starting for the double header and he goes for four blocks five blocks in the first two games job done really really good the other one that you can look at if you need blocks and i've grabbed him wherever i can even before doing this podcast is robert williams his minutes are trending up boston need better defenders on the court. He is their best rim protector. Over the last seven days, he has been going at 1.8 blocks, five rebounds, two steals. Over the last three games, he's averaged 3.3 blocks per game. Now, is he going to continue doing that? No. But while the minutes are there, he will perform. So if he gets 20 minutes per game, then you're guaranteed you're going to get two blocks. If he plays 22, 23 minutes per game, you're going to get three blocks. Like it scales up. The longer he's on the court, the more blocks that he's going to get. He is your Mitchell Robinson sort of guy. He is your somebody who is going to just sit there, block shots, and that's all they're going to do, which is fine. But as I said, blocks is the hardest category to get. So if you can get that off the waivers and you can hold on to it for a little bit, then I would do so. And in fact, if he starts to get some, some decent minutes, if they start giving him 25 to 30 minutes per game, which I mean, it's a bit of an ask given he's only averaging 15 minutes per game right now. But let's say, let's let's live in a little fantasy land right now. Let's see if they do give him 25 minutes per game, then he's going to be up at four blocks and it's going to be absolutely ridiculous. And you're gonna get yourself the next Chris Boucher. You're gonna your next Miles Turner. Like that's the sort of blocker that he is. Someone who can go for ten. If he went for ten a game, if he went for ten in a game, not ten a game, that's ridiculous. If he went for ten in a game. Would I be surprised? No, I would not. So I would definitely be picking up Robert Williams this week, especially if you are needing blocks. That's pretty much all I've got. I, I know I rambled a little bit there. I think this is going to be one of the longer waiver wire podcasts, but that's okay. Nothing wrong with that. Hopefully we are we're getting the wins and we are we're streaming on towards finals. When it gets to the all-star break, I'm gonna have a look at the the next schedule, um, the second half of the year schedule. We've got a lot of postponed games there. So there's going to be some really nice back-ended schedules and the players to target is gonna be really nice. I've said it in previous podcasts about targeting Washington and Memphis players. Throw Spurs in there. If somebody's got Dejounte Murray or Derek White sitting there, I'd be trying to grab them and and watching them dominate the back end of the season because they're going to. Other than that, I'm on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. I'm still. I'm getting to, to my hundred. I'm nearly there in the in the followers and subscribers mark. So if you could hit that button, that would be very much appreciated. Until next time, I hope you guys get the win this week. If you've got any questions, reach out on Twitter at MarkFantasyLand or on Instagram at the Stam handle. But yeah, best of luck and I'll see you next week.